Jack Hughes, Luke Hughes, Jesper Bratt all on the ice. Luke all the way through. He scores! Luke Hughes goes coast to coast and ties it. Are you kidding me? Icing waved off. Matejuk up for Wood. Long lead pass. Fine celebrating. In alone celebrating. Back headshot score. Celebrini cannot be stopped. He ate that three-on-one and Mobilier. I don't think he was expecting it to come back to him. Bedard now. Main Street. He scores! It's over! Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. for Saul 80. Yeah, Saul 80 for December 29th, our final show of 2023. Man, where did the year go? Where'd the months go here? We started at Sports 1440 about four months ago, and uh, here we are wrapping up 2023. Hope you are having a fabulous, uh, outstanding Winter holiday, Christmas holiday, seasons. Greetings to everybody. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us uh, on a Friday morning on the Kevin Carrier Show on Sports 1440. The Oilers coming off a massive win last night. Uh, mind you, it's the Sharks, and that's just a bad team. They, uh, they don't have a whole lot going for them right now. San Jose in a total rebuild, if you want to call it that, maybe even more so. There doesn't seem to be an end in sight for that team with the talent that they have on the roster right now and what they have kind of in the system, what they have moving forward. Uh, They were behind the eight ball right off the bat and credit the Oilers. You know, after a anytime you come out of the Christmas break, you're always unsure of what you're going to get. You look to Vancouver and Philadelphia last night. Philadelphia has to travel all the way across the country. I would imagine some guys were out on the West Coast already and and things like that. Just the the, the tough conditions to do a, a game like that for Philly, and Philly beats Vancouver 4-1. But the Oilers, similar. I mean, you had guys all over the map, and they got to get back to San Jose. They get an extra day. I mean, luckily they weren't playing on December 27th, because there's all kinds of uh, travel uh, restrictions and things like that when you come out of the Christmas break. But full marks to the Oilers. And again, fast start, fast start. That's the key. That was the key last night. And uh, Ryan McLeod just keeps doing it. Uh, He scores a minute in. That's uh, the third time this year that Ryan McLeod scored in uh, the opening minute. So that's three opening minute goals in the season. Joins Jordan Eberle and uh, Mark Messier. Eberle did it in uh, 2011, 2012, and Mark Messier did it in 1989-90. So, I mean, a great start when you get things going and you're really, you, you take the team out of it. I mean, San Jose had just no response really a little bit in the second period. And that was kind of snuffed out when the Oilers woke up when Kyle Burroughs hit Connor McDavid rubbed him out behind the net. McDavid wasn't happy. The Oilers weren't happy. And it gave them a little bit of a spark that they, you know, and, and I think it's just, you're playing San Jose. You're you're up 4 nothing. You're, <laughs> I mean, you just kind of want to get on to L.A., don't you? Even though you still have, you know, 
almost two periods left. But that kind of woke up the Oilers in the second period and where they kind of got back on track, even though the game was very well in hand. And to be honest with you, you know, San Jose had some opportunities to get back into the game. Uh, Phil Zadina had that open net, just pushed her through the blue, might have grazed the post a little bit, but that goal goes in and all of a sudden it's 4-1. You got a fair bit of time left. You got some life, but the Sharks just couldn't grab anything. Uh, you know, the Oilers basically pushed him away, pushed him away. Uh, Stuart Skinner, his fourth career shutout. 25 saves for Skinner. He's been outstanding uh, the last little bit. And, you know, last night was 26 saves. This morning is 25. It changes. These guys must be going just crazy. I have I don't recall when you look at the, the score sheet, from the night before to the morning where shots on goal have been changing and changing. Uh, but that's kind of how we're seeing things now. So uh, Skinner, he has uh, two career shutouts against San Jose. All 25 shots that he faced last night, he stopped them all. And again, a couple crossbars and that uh, that one attempt by Zadina goes wide. So, uh, But you got to credit Skinner again. A solid performance, and that's what the Oilers needed. Now you would think that Skinner would go Saturday in L.A., and then on the back-to-back Sunday in Anaheim, the Oilers would go with Cal Pickard. When you look back to that game on November 9th, you go, how could you lose to San Jose? And and that was the low point of the season for the Oilers. There's no denying that. It was the result of a you know a potential, not a potential, it just was the, the straw that uh, broke the camel's back in the sense of the coaching change with Jay Woodcroft. And... That's that was it. That was the last time that you know. You know they had the one more game, but ah, you kind of had the sense that the writing was on the wall for sure. Oilers have five players with over thirty points. Uh, Zach Hyman again hits twenty goals. He's on pace for over fifty. Just been a phenomenal season for Hyman. Uh, so that's five career twenty goal seasons for Hyman. Third straight with the Oilers. So he's uh, ranked fifth. Tied for fifth in NHL scoring with David Pasternak. So, thought he had a second one, but they gave it to uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the uh, second period there. But, you know, 16, I think it's 16 goals in his last 19 games. He's just, everything he's touching right now. And it was a beautiful pass by Connor McDavid. That whole play, though, started with Darnell Nurse in the neutral zone. Not even quite in the neutral zone, but made a strong uh, check on an opponent with a poke check kind of thing, and then the puck just kind of squirted out to Connor McDavid, who did the rest and jaunted in on the uh, defense for the Sharks and made a beautiful pass to Zach Hyman for his 20th of the season. Evan Bouchard again. I mean, another really good game by Evan Bouchard. And the Oilers were able, because of the game, because of the game strip, because of the 4 nothing lead, after 40 minutes, you're, or after 20 minutes, pardon me, you're able to, uh, you distributed the ice time almost evenly. I mean, Evan Bouchard played 21-51. That was just almost right on the number where you'd want to have a, maybe, you know, going into a back-to-back this weekend. Leon Dreisaitl played 19 minutes. And, uh you know, Connor McDavid had three hits last night. Again, he was he had some jump. He was he was spinning around. He was bringing it. Uh, that's a third straight two point game for Ryan McLeod, and 
you know, maybe this isn't, we talked about it last week in New Jersey when Ryan McLeod kind of found a little, a little identity, a little confidence playing with Leon Dreisaitl. And if that's what Leon Dreisaitl needs as well, to have that presence of Ryan McLeod on the, on the left side with Warren Fogle, again, that line brought a lot of, for, I mean, their, their forechecking is so strong. Fogel gets in on the puck. McLeod can get on the puck. Obviously, Leon can protect the puck. So those three guys have played quite well to, together. And Leon scored the 4 nothing goal. It was a good forecheck, by, again, by McLeod. Uh, Warren Fogel makes the pass out. Dry settle scores his 15th. So, uh, again, everything was kind of firing on all cylinders to start that first period. Exactly what you want after a bit of a layoff. Text line 1-833-401-1440. Let's check in with the Duke of Delburn after his uh, marathon marathon shift yesterday. You finish up here at 11, then you got Fantasy Frenzy, then you're hanging out for the noon hour, and then uh, 2 o'clock, Gregor's off again. But, made, but an, made an appearance on his own show at 520. I, I totally disagree with that. What? Uh... If you're off, you're <laughs> off. Don't be a guy that has to come on. At five, what was it five twenty? Five twenty came on, yeah, right after spec. Yeah, if you're off, you're off. <laughs> don't don't come in and say, "Oh, how are you doing?" Hey, Duke, how are you after twelve hours on the board? How are you, Duke? Uh, it was a great day, Kevin. Everything went uh, very well. The only th- so usually when we wrap up fantasy frenzy at uh, twelve o'clock, mm. I spend the next couple hours, um, you know, cutting up some social media clips and things like that for for this show. Yeah, uh, but yesterday that time was spent then getting ready for the YouTube stream mm-hmm. of Gregor's show because with Declan, uh, Freddie Declan Kruger also off, off. Um, <laughs> I took over his job as well as Connor's while Connor took over Jason's job. Yes. So, uh, and I haven't, like, we obviously record our show on video. It's not quite the same as uh, streaming it live and having to produce it live with going to commercial breaks and all these things. So there was a few extra elements I had to familiarize myself with. So that... Pretty well took up the entirety of my uh, two-hour yeah. break window in the middle there uh, with uh, a spot of lunch in between as well. And Connor right. Halley was kind enough to uh, stroll down the mall floor and get me a bottle of uh, Baja Blast to oh. power me through the afternoon. That's a, that's usually a treat we reserve for Friday, Connor and I. We have Baja Blast on Fridays, but he uh, treated me a day early. What, what did you guys do last Friday then? You were having Baja, you were having a different form of a Baja Blast, I guess, eh? For the, yeah, the, we, we our, our treat last Friday got reserved for uh, shrimp instead, although Connor didn't have shrimp. He's not a seafood guy. He had the fried chicken. <laughs> said it was very good. Um, I, I, I didn't even know if I liked shrimp or not, but I tried it, and it was... All right. Was it the one I saw some guys when I went in there to pick up stuff for our uh, potluck? Was it the one in the in the steel bowl with the the like there was sort of kind of looks like a shrimp boil crab boil kind of thing? Uh, that's not what I got. I got like it was a, a stuffed shrimp, so it was like uh, like crab shrimp okay. and then like a bat, like a deep fried batter kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like like I said, it wasn't bad. I I'm I'm mm-hmm. not a huge seafood guy. To me, it did, I could mostly just taste the batter, yeah. like the fry stuff, and then with a the fishy taste to it so not don't know if i'd order it again don't know yeah so I'm, but connor said the fried chicken was really good i don't know I, when you go to bubble gum <laughs> shrimp i mean i feel like you have to get the shrimp right that was my or something but connor already knows he doesn't like shrimp i wasn't sure yet i couldn't remember the last time i'd had it and i was like i don't know if i like it or not so 
just for those of the like the Duke will send me the lineup of the show the night before whatever time I mean obviously yesterday was you know very busy and things like that so I get the lineup and I see at our 720 guest Connor Halley <laughs> and I got I, honestly I got a little chuckle to myself because I'm thinking okay I'm betting he doesn't show because we had Declan Freddy Krueger Yes. We had Gregor. Yes. Both in the 720 hour in the last month and a half or so. Yeah. No show. But the good news is Connor Halley already awake. He's awake. So I texted him last <laughs> night after putting out. And it, it's tough, obviously, with this, our early start. Yeah. The And obviously nobody's um, out on the West Coast except for uh, like Tony and Gene. Uh, so don't necessarily want to uh, hassle yeah. them. Obviously, it's very early there. But even in our market, this is an early start considering how late the game and- went. And considering that most of the people in the business (laughs) are off this week. Also true. So uh, all these things rolled into it. I texted Connor last night and asked uh, a favor uh, of him. (laughs) And he, uh, his reply was sending me a screenshot of his alarm set for this morning. And he's already been up and uh, interacting with the the show lineup on Twitter. I bet he's been, I'll bet you any money. He's been up early doing prep work getting ready for this massive interview. It's a big, big thing if, for if him. If I know Connor, I think you're right. He's uh, <laughs> It's a big thing for he's him. He's dedicated to the craft. I have a, I actually wrote a line down that I'm going to save for. <laughs> and you know what? He's going to be, uh, technically, he's going to be taken over from Eddie Steele for today for Bonton Bakery. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's you know? true. So he's going to be our, uh, like, basically Eddie Steele. Eddie's off today, just like uh, Laddie was off yesterday, although we did hook up with Laddie in, in check. And... Uh, just th- uh, thanks to all our co-hosts for, you know, being there for us for, well, four months and uh, to take some time off over the uh, Christmas break here. Very well deserved. Some guys, I think Schlemmer's down in Medicine Hat, Laddie's in check. I think Lorianne Munzer stuck, uh, stayed in town. I think she did. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Eddie, I think, is in uh, Idaho right now. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. Because yeah. we were talking about maybe he could go to a... Not a bowl game, but maybe some, some kind of a game. Some, that's something's going on, something I'm on, sure. Something on there. Um, coming up uh, at 7.20 will be Connor Halley from the Jason Greger Show. Long time employee of the Jason Greger Show and radio wizard. Uh, Mark Spector. Hey, Speck doesn't take any time off around here. Specs with us at 8 o'clock on the mark for Booster Juice. Carolyn O'Dwyer, Panda's volleyball head coach, will go in the community for United Sport and Cycle. Now, it's a busy weekend for Panda's volleyball because they've got the Winter Classic Tournament, and it's uh, on at the Savile Centre. Started last night. I believe Alberta beat uh, Calgary to start things off. Uh, UQ's there, McMaster's there. So a good little tournament, and it's always good to stay sharp, you know, heading into the second half. And again, we had Carolyn on earlier this season, taking over for head coach Lori Eisler. That's, I mean, you think about the shoes that you had to fill there. So, so far, so good for Carolyn O'Dwyer and the Pandas volleyball team. We'll have our uh, ski report for Snow Valley. Our game of the day is a little different today because just how things are shaping up for the weekend because it's bowl games, bowl games, bowl games. Well, we've had bowl games for about two weeks now, haven't we? But now we're starting to get into where there's some resemblance of top caliber teams. There's been a lot of bowl games here that you're going, 
I don't even know who these guys are. Don't even know who the teams are. Never mind the players. But now we're going to be starting to see where some teams that you want to see, like Georgia and and Florida State. So that's coming up, and we'll have Adam Burke from V's in Primetime. Again, Monday will be on New Year's Day, the final four, if you want to call it. So uh, then uh, we will, hey, it's going to be the Duke and I. Are you in or are you out? And Eric Stevens uh, will wrap up the show in the 10 o'clock hour from The Athletic. He's our uh, Mr. Reuter headliner of the day. And Eric Stevens, uh, he covers, he's in Southern California, basically covers mostly the Ducks, but also the LA Kings. And, of course, the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks tomorrow and then on Sunday. When we come back... Connor Halley, <laughs> the king, the gun, the fire. That's on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. You know, I just hate that song. I really do. I never liked it from day one when Gregor had it on. I remember Brian Burke saying, get that song off the air. I remember that. That's a long time ago. I, I never, I just don't know why. So away it goes. Uh, welcome back uh, to the big program. 722 in Edmonton looking for a high, a plus five today. The wonderful winter weather just continues. It'll be like this right through New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, maybe next week getting a little chillier. So normally Eddie Steele would be with us on Fridays. Uh, that means, uh, you know, Eddie Steele for Bonton Bakery. Today it's a little different. Connor Halley is with us and he is going to be Technically, the Eddie Steele of Bonton Bakery. Not sure if Connor went on his knee and proposed to his wife at Bonton like Eddie did, but <laughs> Connor Halley brought to you by Bonton Bakery. Did you know Bonton Bakery's long fermentation sourdough breads are not only delicious, but they're also good for digestion. They are diabetes friendly alternative. Check out their full lineup of bread in store. Or you can order online at bonton.ca as we welcome in Connor Halley to Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carey Show. Good morning to the former Ross Shep T-Bird. Good morning, Kev. Thanks for having me on. Uh, the The similarities between Eddie Steele and I end at uh, we propose to our wives and we are on the air at 1440. That's about it. I don't have, uh, have too much else that I can say that I am similar with Eddie Steele. Never played... Uh, CFL never won a Grey Cup or a CIS championship, nothing like that. But you were at Ross Shep playing high school ball for was it with Brian Bachinski? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you could use the term played despairingly. I, I was watching a lot from the bench. I got out there. I still say I was a plus three player, you know, out there for three touchdowns, Kevin. No touchdowns against. So <laughs> only took one penalty, too, you know. So it was, it was a pretty successful run that I had, just not quite <laughs> to the level of Eddie Steele. But uh, you were a wide receiver? I was, yes, yes. And I, I know plus minus is a useless stat, but <laughs> I'm going to go out on top, plus three. So did you like did you catch a couple td passes or like no no of course not i i don't think our team had any passing (laughs) touchdowns maybe one or two throughout the entirety of the year we were basically uh glorified linemen we were out out on the outside try to eliminate the corner uh occasionally coming for the the crackback block that was pretty much it Hmm. so was this grade 11 12 what how was it what was going on there uh grade 12 for me um, yeah, that was just the final year where I really got into it and decided to play. What would your playing weight have been? 
Oh, geez. Uh, I think back then, I think I was listed at 5'8", about 150, <laughs> 140 maybe. Yeah, I was on the smaller end. Yeah. Uh, okay speed, pretty good hands. Not a great route runner. Uh, overall, it wasn't a great recipe for success, you know, playing football. I'm just, I'm picturing like a young Wes Welker sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I was just a little before my time. You know, had it been a few years later where, you know, they could have found a way to utilize my skill set, it could have gone a, a whole lot different. It could have been in the NFL still. Um, Tiger wants to send, ask a question, and he goes, he's driving right now, so his... Uh, Texting isn't really working the, the the best, but he says he's driving through Vermilion right now on his way to Prince Albert. He would like to ask Connor, please, where is Chubby Russ playing next year? Oh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's a good question. We talked about that yesterday on the Gregor show and during five questions, Brandon Douglas and I, and I, I kind of thought the Atlanta Falcons might be a fit. Mm. Obviously, it probably depends where they go in the draft if they might want to go somewhere else, but I, I don't think Desmond Ritter's the guy. I don't think that Heineke's the guy. I think Russell Wilson could be there on a, a cheap contract and get the opportunity to play with a B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts as well as Drake London. Uh, and then at the same time, you're going to a division where it's not the most mm-hmm. competitive. The Saints are kind of a mess with their whole quarterback situation. The Panthers probably is still a few years away with Bryce Young, and then you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be really the only competition. So I, I think Chubby mm-hmm. Russ or Russell Wilson could end up with the Atlanta Falcons. Wow, if this happens, this would be, you're like a young Nostradamus if this happens. <laughs> we got to shoot our shot. I, I think the Duke had him going back to Seattle, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, on a quick sidebar, we have a little family Oilers uh, guess the win, guess the game, guess the you know the score. Last night I just thought, ah, you know what, I'm going to throw it. And you get bonus points for if you say empty net or sh- uh, shootout or po- um, uh, overtime. Last night I just went, you know what, I'll just say 5 nothing Oilers shutout. Well done, well yeah. done. That's saw that one two, coming, eh? Two, bon- two bonus points, that's worth that. That's what that's <laughs> worth, so. Uh, yeah, I mean. Kevin, I, I I had a 5-1. I had a guess Did I didn't you? see the shadow coming like you, but mm-hmm. it, it was a game they were supposed to win. So it, it's hard for me to heap on a ton of praise for yeah. what they did last night. I mean, they, they went out there. They, they played very well. They got the five points. Everyone's feeling good. Mm-hmm. But this San Jose Sharks team is awful. It's bad. And the fact that they lost them once already is kind of embarrassing. And I think that probably weighed on their mind going into this one. So I, I'm glad the Oilers went out there and, and did what they had to do. They got the job done. They've got some momentum going into this game against the Kings. But, I mean, I, I don't want to be giving them too much praise for doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Connor Halley with us on Sports 1440 uh, from the Jason Greger Show, plus the show that you do with uh, my partner here, the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas, uh, Fantasy Frenzy. So obviously you've been in the business a long time with Greger back at the uh, – 12, 60 days and things like that. But this was a little bit of a new venture for you to start off the show being, and even though you did the, the, the show on the weekend uh, back at 1260, but to do this one hour fantasy frenzy, how, how much fun have you had doing that in the last four months? Oh, it's, it's been an absolute blast. Getting the chance to actually, you know, host and co-host with Brandon's been, been absolutely fun and, and to do something a little bit different because there, there's not too many full-time 
fantasy sports shows out there. And I think we've definitely tapped into something because, you know, the text line goes crazy when people are asking questions about, you know, who to sit, who to start in their lineup throughout the entirety of the week. And I think we've done a pretty good job so far of, you know, finding new fun guests and, and not keeping it just to football, doing some hockey. Obviously, with football season wrapping up in a, the next couple of weeks here, especially from the fantasy perspective, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge to, to kind of mm-hmm. venture out. I don't know if we're going to start a basketball pool for the second half of the season or focus more on hockey. We'll get into baseball when that rolls around. And, you know, the NFL is a machine. It, it always yeah. keeps going. There's always going to be something, whether it's free agency and the impact it has on fantasy or the draft and things of that nature. But, yeah, it's been an absolute blast so far. And that one hour, Kevin, I tell you, it, it flies by. I probably don't have to tell you. Uh, I bet your four-hour show at times can fly by. So that yeah. one hour goes by quick, but it's been a whole lot of fun so far. Hey, Connor, do you remember your first um – I guess teams in fantasy football. Do you remember your first league, first teams? How long ago was it? And then just talk about the growth, not just of, you know, just your league, your what you see, but the whole industry because it's just off the charts. It's massive. I mean, we're here in 2023, and there is a serious XM fantasy radio station. Like, there's an entire station dedicated to fantasy sports. I remember going. And I told this story, I think, last week to Brandon on air. I remember walking into Shep in grade 10, I believe, and we were talking about Anquan Bolden, this rookie out of Arizona who just went off in week one, and should we pick him up? That was at the very beginning. There was still Yahoo Fantasy, so we didn't have to calculate things ourselves. So I didn't get in that early where it was kind of a manual thing that we had to do, but I started back in, yeah, 2002 still remember, you know, everyone mm-hmm. rushing to try to make sure they picked up with Danny Tomlinson or Peyton Manning in the draft, Priest Holmes, Sean Alexander, Edger and James, all those guys just being absolute fantasy football studs. So I've seen the, the kind of the turnover where the running back position not only devalued on the field, but also from a fantasy football perspective. Brandon can tell you, I still have a hard time taking a receiver over a, a running back in that flex spot. I always just think, you got to stick with that running back. You're going to get those goal line carries. It's, it's going to pay off. And I think i got to adapt a little bit with that one because I'm not in the playoffs or any league finals this year, which is a little bit frustrating. But it, it's crazy just to see, you know, the NFL Network start to, you know, put these shows mm-hmm. out there, you know, hour-long shows simply about fantasy football. You see the magazines, websites going up for it. It's It's been ridiculous. And I think just kind of that beast that the NFL has become, and I think other leagues need to emulate it. And the NHL is doing a, a really good job. You know, we had Pete Jensen on the show yesterday from NHL Fantasy They've got their shows, podcasts, websites going up, and uh, it's, it's just a beast. Everyone loves it, and it creates new fans. It's, it's just a really great thing for sports and all these leagues to hop on the bandwagon. Connor Halley with us on Sports 1440. Do you think, I mean, the CFL has tried, and there, I think it's just because there's so few teams, but I just, for some reason, there's no traction. People don't play it. They don't care about it. Um, can you explain why? I think it's got to be the lack of teams and I've got some friends that do a four team league which stays competitive because you can each have a good quarterback but I mean I, we, we kind of talked about a, you know on our show you know going into it if you have an eight team league in the NFL that's considered a, considered a small league yeah. and it to me is fun because your team is always going to be good and it's always competitive uh, but when you're in a league the drop off at the quarterback position in the CFL in my opinion is, is pretty quick after the top you know maybe one it goes down. So if you have that top quarterback, you're going to have such a big advantage. And there's a, a couple of running backs you want to go with. I, I think it's tough. I remember there was an, an initiative maybe five years ago when we were with TSN and they had wanted us to make these fantasy football teams. And it, 
it was just different. I, I can't say exactly what it was, but I'll say by like week four or five, it just people were dropping off. People weren't setting their lineups. So it just wasn't uh, quite what the NFL is. And I don't know if they weren't promoting it enough or if it was uh, just like that lack of interest. But for me personally, I just think there's just not enough teams, not enough options. And uh, that's that's kind of the hard part with the CFL. But, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to always be that way. If there's a way they could find a way, maybe more so like a pool or week to week setting your roster with a salary cap, kind of a daily fantasy type model. I, I think that would be a way to maybe make it more successful. Connor Halley with us on Sports 1440. Uh, you had a long day yesterday, another long one again coming up today again because Gregor's off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not as long as Brandon. I, I felt like I couldn't say no to him yeah. to, to come on here at this, in the morning with you guys because he was, what, in at 6 a.m. Yeah. yesterday and probably didn't leave till 6.30 p.m. So, oh, you know, if the trooper. Duke's going to do these 12-hour days, i got to at least try and do 11 hours, you know? Well, Duke, do you want to jump in here with your buddy? I mean, let's let's really let the inmates run the asylum here. <laughs> that, yeah, that we're already doing that for four hours in the afternoon, uh, and even a little bit during the middle of the day with uh, Marty Stevens yes. and Brad Slater on the lowdown. So, uh, no, obviously appreciate Connor uh, jumping on. And Connor, uh, you talked a little bit about the Oilers game uh, last night, not being able to give them too much credit. But uh, I think the one of the primary focuses for uh, a lot of fans right now is Ryan McLeod, third straight game with multiple points, uh, including the first goal of the night. What uh, did did he stand out to you over the course of the game, or was he just kind of right spot, right time uh, for his couple points on the night? Well, I mean, there's there probably a little bit of that that goes into it. Uh, the one thing I will say about Ryan McLeod, I mean, the confidence is back, right? You you look at that goal that he had, and I just think two weeks ago he probably would have taken that behind the net, uh, done a lap and dished it off, but instead he, he takes it a little bit outside and then fires a great shot. Uh, yeah, you know, you can you can call it the goal setting in San Jose. Brandon, we did that a little bit yesterday. Uh, the situation wasn't great for Meg just to go out there, but I, I think that is just a player that is finally kind of finding his confidence and realizing, you know, he does have that skill set that can lead to success in the NHL. Uh, I think there's, there's probably still some things we wish he could do a little bit better, but four goals in the last three games for a guy who, from what we were reading, a lot of analysts were thinking, this guy could be in the bench. Like, he could be sitting mm-hmm. in the press box next game if he doesn't figure it out. And he's he's taken the advantage. He got a chance to play, uh, obviously, with Leon Dreisaitl last night and Warren Fogel, and I thought their line looked okay. Warren Fogel, I mean, that pass and that play he made on Leon Dreisaitl's goal was absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think for, for McLeod, uh, you know, we're probably not going to see him go on a run like this too often where it's four goals in three games. But, man, if he can chip in and, and become a guy who's a 15-goal scorer, 20-goal scorer, geez, that's going to go so far, especially in these tough matchups down the stretch. They need to win. They're going to need the depth scoring. And Ryan McLeod, I mean, if, if he can keep it going, uh, he'll start to finally live up to that, that feeling he had coming out of the second round, I believe. You know, I'm not on the old uh, social media, as you know, and I don't really... Uh, just hard for me to get into it, but I, I saw a thing from Speck this morning about, uh, I thought he turned into Gene Principe, talking about uh, this Magnus Corona would need a few Coronas. <laughs> Did you see that last night? Uh, oh, I, I didn't see that last night, but, you know, Brandon and I were we were talking about it, and it was funny, because basically everyone we asked, we tried to get a, a breakdown on him. Uh, even Shang Peng, uh, who covers the team for a living, it was like, yeah, I'm really not too sure. You know, started off in the East Coast League, played in the AHL for a little bit, got some uh, cleanup duty against the Penguins and an, an absolute beatdown. I believe his save percentage actually went down. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it was up. It was at like, you know, seven or something. Yeah, and he, he didn't have a very good game last night, Kev. Obviously, you saw it. But, yeah, that's a, that's a tough situation. You kind of feel for the guy. 
I, I thought, you know, maybe he didn't necessarily need to get this start. You know, he he's obviously very inexperienced, and I know Kakinen played the night before, yeah. but they just came off that little Christmas break. Maybe a, they give the young kid a break because that's a tough situation going out there against a, an Oilers team that I think was looking for revenge. I think it was a bad move by Quinn to put him in there. It uh, wasn't an opportunity for him to have any chance to succeed. He, he's not at this level yet. And uh, I, I thought, again, be, just because it was the first of back-to-backs just coming out of the break, I don't think it was a big problem for, for Kakinen to start the game. But So what's on the go for the rest of the day here? So you just probably chill out. You're, are you going back to the rack here or what? Uh, you know what? I think I might play a little of Grand Theft Auto Five on the old <laughs> Xbox because I've got a little bit of time to burn. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I got to get this show ready for this afternoon. Yeah. Try to maybe find us a fantasy football guest for Fantasy Frenzy, and then probably roll in. Maybe I'll make a quick stop by Bonton and pick Ooh. something up for the guys. Yeah. What time do you normally get up on a normal day? Uh, I, I usually aim for eight o'clock. Yeah. Typically, if I sleep in a little bit, that's okay. But uh, eight o'clock is the goal typically. And you probably couldn't sleep very much last night because you were so excited to come on this morning. Oh, I was I was nervous. I was excited. <laughs> I was nervous. I had heard the stories about how other people uh, from the show that I worked on had slept in and left you guys hanging. So, yes. yeah, barely slept a wink last night. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss it. Well, that's what I said to the Duke. I said, I, I got a bad feeling here. And then he said, no, 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 no. I already <laughs> talked to him this morning. Oh, I was I was up ready to go. The alarm was set for six fifty five, so I had time to get up, have a quick coffee, and uh, be ready to join you guys. So, well, anytime you need me, I'll I'll make sure I get up a little bit early for you. Well, thanks for hopping on, Connor. Enjoy the rest of your day and have a good good shows, good shows this afternoon. Thanks, big guy. Thank you. Well, we will see you in a few hours. Yeah, that's that. Connor Halley from the Jason Greger Show and Fantasy Frenzy and. Filling in for Eddie Steele, technically, uh, for Bonton Bakery. For your daily bread to a celebration cake, Bonton has that and everything in between for all your baked good needs. You can order online at bonton.ca. I was just thinking, you know, back in the day, he would have been maybe, you know, you start thinking about your days at Ross Shep and you're, you know, you're you're gliding down. I still think, Duke, we got to get that thing. Remember the, the one uh, from... Uh, NFL films, uh, John Facenda. Oh yes, Autumn Wind from the Oakland Raiders. Oh. So we got it. We have to <laughs> change every time. You know, uh, the Autumn Wind is Connor Alley from Rochep T Birds. We got to get the right VO for that. Oh, like we'll maybe just, Dale over in the prod office. He's got that nice deep voice. Some, we'll just compress the you know what out of it, and yeah, we'll just do, get do that. the mixo magic yeah. on the uh, computer here. And then what you know, you get that the the horns blasting in the background, you know. <laughs> And you've seen you've seen the audio. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, I'm familiar. I mean, there's so many great, you know, John Facenda voiceovers for NFL films back in the day. But uh, just imagine that. And then somehow if we could find some old video. Oh, they've got to have some in the Ross Shep archives. They yeah, didn't... it's it's focused on, like, the handoff in the backfield. And then you see on the far side of the field, Connor Halley throwing a great, like, uh, great block. Yeah, what do you call it? A couple cutbacks? Uh, yeah, crackback crack block. blocks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, when we come back, we're going to kind of recap a little bit more of the Oilers. We'll have some Oilers sound. That'll kind of be, we'll mix it up and go with our puck report for that segment here. So uh, that's coming up. We'll uh, hear from the head coach, I believe maybe Stu Skinner and Darnell Nurse uh, throughout the course of the morning after the Oilers' big win last night. 5 nothing in San Jose. The Oilers' third straight victory. Hey, and they're above 500, 16-15-1 in L.A. tomorrow, then Anaheim 
on Sunday, and Old Harry sends a text in. To quote Ed Whalen, the Kings game should have, should be a ding-dong dandy. It's actually ring-a-ding-dong dandy, Harry. Uh, 8 o'clock is Mark Spector for On the Mark, uh, and Carolyn O'Dwyer from Pandas Volleyball also in the 8 o'clock hour. When we come back, we'll hear from Oilers from last night's victory post-game comments on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Did you know B.A. was uh, checking out the old interweb last night and Brian Adams sang at Wayne Gretzky's last game, the national anthem? I did not know that. Uh, like the, the from MSG, like the like The Gretzky last game the in lap. New York, yep. The, the last game, Brian Adams, Gretz asked him and said, will you sing the national anthem at MSG? Apparently, Gret's a big Nickelback fan as well. Yes. I've seen that. Uh, he's on with uh, our former guests uh, and part of our Best Of show on Wednesday, Biz and Wit. So the other thing that I saw in that little clip, do you know who sang at his first game? At Gretzky's first uh, game? His first game. Like in Indy in L- or in Edmonton? In, in L.A. So his first game when he went to L.A., who sang the national anthem there? Stevie Wonder? Close. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Roy Orbison. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, man. Roy Orbison, yeah, that's what, so Gretz was in that interview. He was with Biz Nasty and I guess Whitney, too. So he said, yeah, my first game was Roy Orbison in, in L.A. My sec, my last game was uh, was uh, Brian Adams. I'm thinking on my drive back to the uh, farm tomorrow morning for my second uh, edition of Christmas Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be B.A. the whole way. Why not? Just Why throw not? it on shuffle, crank it up nice and loud. I got good speakers so in that truck. I'll, we'll talk uh, about that in uh, after spec. So it's round two in Delburn for yes. So yeah. it's like New Year's dinner or what? Well, it's it's yeah. I guess you can call yeah. it that. It is technically like second Christmas because of like I talked about uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the family wasn't able to come down, like my sisters and their significant yeah. others and stuff. So we'll kind of all reconvene, do a, another quick uh, little gift exchange. Probably a few more for the. Uh, the niece and nephew oh, as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you gotta you, you gotta plug something a little more in there mm-hmm. for the kids, and then and then yeah, a nice uh, midday like a true dinner, twelve one o'clock. Yeah, um, that is dinner. Uh, if people aren't familiar, it's <laughs> lunch is in the middle of the afternoon, supper is at nighttime. Just to clarify, what about what about liner? Uh, Remember that from Seinfeld? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, why is there brunch but no liner? But like to me, and this, I think this is like a rural thing or maybe like an old older thing, which then kind of spills over into rural, mm-hmm. is that dinner is at one, lunch is at like four thirty five o'clock where it's like maybe a sandwich and a cup of tea brought to you in the <laughs> tractor out in the field. And then you come back, wrap up for the night, everybody around the table to mm-hmm. have supper at nine. That's a late one. Yeah, because we never ate supper until we were done milking yeah. anyway and done chores for the night and stuff. So Well, you got to have a hearty appetite by then. Ooh, buddy, do you? That's, and that's why you, have, that's why you have to have lunch in the yeah. middle of the afternoon to get you through evening chores. And, and you got to have the big breakfast, obviously. So, so I usually I would have two breakfasts, sort of, like two pieces of toast, maybe a cup of coffee on my way out the morning, yeah. out in the morning to go milk, and then do all my morning chores, come back in at 10, 30, 11 or so, and then sit down with, you know, maybe some bacon, eggs, and, right. and whatever else. Speaking of Wayne Gretzky, Duke, on this day in sports history in 1984, Gretz had three goals and a six-point night against Detroit. It gave him 100 points on the season in 35 games. Now, when you look at that, you go, well, that's amazing. But the year prior, he had 100 points in 34 games, one game fewer. It's just insane. Those numbers that he was putting up there in the mid-80s, early-80s is just 
just, I mean, it's never going to happen again. It just can't. Can it? Uh, time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Fountain Tire is more than just tires. They offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics. You can visit FountainTire.com to see all the mechanical services that they offer. Oilers win last night 5 nothing in San Jose. Stu Skinner, 25 saves for the shutout, his fourth career. Now, under Chris Knobloch, the Oilers have scored four goals or more in 14 of the 19 games that Knobloch has been behind the bench. It's a pretty remarkable number. After the game last night, the coach had this to say about his team's performance. It's nice to get a few days, have a holiday break, but then it's back to business. And with the goal in the first minute and the way you played tonight, did you feel like you kind of got back to the level you wanted to see? Yeah, no, I think the guys are very focused, um, ready to play. you know, obviously the break is nice and everyone enjoyed it, but obviously they they know there's work to be done and, um, you know, San Jose has been playing their best, but um, I think we um, weren't taking anything for granted and we came ready to play. Chris, uh, one word we hear here repeatedly to describe this team is resilient, uh, whether it's the players, whether it's you, whether it's the fans. Where does resilience begin? Um, well, I think we, um, you look at the adversity and there's always throughout the year, whether it's injuries or, um, travel or difficult, uh, opponents, whatever. But, um, you know, I like how we've stuck with our game plan and, and especially in games, it's easy to stick with the game plan when it's, uh, you're winning, you're having success. But I think with, um, especially saw in the road trip against New Jersey and the New York game where we stuck with our game plan and played the right way and not cheating. And often when you're falling behind, it's you take extra chances. Um, um, you just forget about the defensive details. And I, I think we've been sticking with it and, um, you know, we're winning more times than not. When you look at the evening or if someone looks just kind of at the numbers, the final score, shots on goal, you may not think that your goalie played as, as well as he did, but uh, how good was Stewart tonight in making sure that uh, not only San Jose didn't score, but you know didn't mount any kind of a comeback? Yeah, and no, often you look at the score sheet, and I'm not sure what the total shots against were, but you could look at it all as 5 nothing. It was probably an easy game. Uh, uh, that was not the case. He... Um, came up a huge with some really good saves we gave up a lot of shot attempts from the slot more than we have probably in the last um, dozen games um, and um, you know I thought he obviously played really well not letting anything um, anything go in and um, yeah I think uh, it's so easy to say that it, yeah it was easy but it certainly wasn't what kind of a tone and standard does Zach Hyman set for this club um, yeah, no, I think uh, composed, plays the right way, it's good on the walls, defensive details are good, um, and obviously playing with two skilled guys, but finding ways to score goals, and that's just not a, not an easy thing to do. And he goes hard in the nets, and they, that line spends a lot of time in the offensive zone just with the possession they um, um, that they have. But when you need somebody going to the net, and he does a good job, and you saw his goal just being available, getting a nice touch on the uh, puck. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of things I like about his game. So, Coach, since you took over, are you guys at the status that you think you should be one game above 500 at this point? 
Uh, no, I think we've got a lot of things to work on. Um, you know, we are getting better. And, you know, if we're not getting better each day, teams are going to be passing us. And um, if we're not in a position to do that, we need to be getting better because we have to. Um, we've got a lot of teams to pass if we're going to make playoffs. And um, so I like where we're going, but uh, there's still a lot of work to do. That's Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch following last night's 5-0 victory over the San Jose Sharks as the Oilers improved to 16-15-1. And what a far cry it was from the 3-2 loss that the Oilers suffered November 9th in San Jose. And basically, hmm, that's where that was the low point of the season. Uh, the Oilers, since November 10th, have the best goal differential in the NHL at plus 25. So... Hopefully, they have turned things around. We had, the after the eight-game winning streak, you saw everyone was, you know, they, they dug themselves out of the hole. They were crawling and creeping closer and closer towards, you know, a playoff spot in the Western Conference as far as a wild card goes. Then you lose three in a row, and all that work you did to get out of that hole, it's sort of negated. But right now, the Oilers, with 33 points, they've got games in hand on everybody in the conference. Uh, really only, the, the only one that's close to them is Minnesota. Minnesota has 33 games, 36 points. Oilers have 32 games and 33 points. Oilers are now tied with Calgary, but Calgary has played three more games. Uh, Seattle played four more games than the Oilers, and the Oilers are two points back of the Kraken as well in the wild three points back. But Arizona, Nashville, both with 38 points, and they sit in the number one and two holes in the wild card. In case you're wondering, the Oilers are 11 points back of the LA Kings, and both teams have played 32 games, and both teams will see what shakes down tomorrow in LA. That was the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. When we come back, we will check in with Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. On the mark, powered by Booster Juice. Before we get to that, it's time now for a Sports 1440 update, brought to you by First Round. Wear an NFL jersey, and you can watch an NFL jersey uh, or watch NFL football at first round Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.